Are you a career professional who has a desire to possibly transition into consulting or coaching? Well, today you want to listen to this episode because we have a guest expert who's going to talk to us about how experienced career professionals can transition into coaching and starting their own business. This is going to be a great episode. Sit back, relax. Maybe you want to have some pen and paper out because we are going to give you some value today. Let's go. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another brand new episode of the Maximize Your Brand Podcast. I am Marquis Brayton, your host, and I'm always excited to be here with you each and every week with a brand new episode with great new guests. And today we have an awesome guest who's going to really be talking to us about career professionals being able to transition into their own coaching business, consulting business. And the reason why I thought this would be a great conversation, because we live in a day and time where many people like to have something on the side that they do, even while they have their corporate careers, just in case they want to transition out of their nine to five into something uh, that they're doing. Or I've found that many corporate professionals that I work with, they have a desire to make greater impact in the world. And They've climbed the corporate ladder and achieved a lot of the things that they've wanted to achieve in their career. And they get to the point where they feel like there's much more to their life than what they're currently doing. And so this is going to be a great episode if you have any interest in transitioning into the coaching space. My guest today is Miss Lee Shay McDonough. She is the founder of Coach with Clarity where creative, innovative professionals discover how to combine their talents, experience, and intuition with a powerful coaching methodology so they can create a flexible, meaningful business that serves their people and supports their families. Isn't that great to support your family with your business? After over a decade as a clinical social worker and public health professional, Lee became credentialed as a coach through the International Coach Federation, or ICF, and now provides ICF-accredited initial training and continuing education for intuitive, innovative coaches. Her Coach with Clarity framework fuses meaning, mindset, and mindfulness with grounded intuition and solid business strategy to help coaches and clients excel at entrepreneurship and transform their lives. And so let's go ahead and welcome our guest, Ms. Lee Shea McDonough. How are you today? Hi, Markeith. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for accepting the invitation. Well, I've given a brief 
intro of who you are, but I always like to have my guests to share a little bit more information about themselves and how they show up in the world each and every day. Yes. So what we heard before was my official bio. I would say when I'm not hard at work supporting people in the coaching space or who are interested in coming into the coaching space, uh, I'm a wife, a mother of two teenage sons, and I enjoy as much time as I can outside here in eastern North Carolina where I live. Uh, summertime makes it a little difficult, but I try to get outdoors as often as I can. Uh, because for me, being outside, being connected to nature really refreshes and restores my soul and allows me to show up every day and do the work I love, which is supporting people through powerful coaching. So great. So great. It's interesting. I got into the coaching space back in 2013, 2014, while I was working my corporate position in healthcare, I actually hired a coach to help me develop my coaching business. And so it was one of the first things that I really had a great interest in outside of doing public speaking and, and sharing in that matter. I, I didn't necessarily have anything to quote unquote enroll people in or for people to, you know, learn more about my business. And so my next step uh, after speaking and doing some of the things that I was doing in the speaking arena, I wanted to learn how to build a successful coaching business. So I hired a coach uh, prior to being laid off uh, for about a year and a half. And she uh, trained me and taught me how to build a successful coaching business. And that's been almost, well, no, nine years ago now. And look at you now. I mean, look at what you've created. And, and I think you've really hit on one of the things I love most about coaching is that it is a flexible vehicle for us to serve our people. So whether it's one-on-one -on -one work, group programs, courses, even public speaking, coaching can be the way that we can show up and serve. And it can really play to our strengths, our interests, and how we want to present ourselves in the world. So tell us a little bit more about how did you get into coaching and desiring to work with other coaches? So as mentioned at the top of the show, my background is actually as a trained therapist. And so I spent almost 15 years doing a lot of one-on-one -on -one and couples and family therapy. And it was in 2015 when my husband got out of the Air Force. We moved our family from Germany, where we had been stationed, back to the United States. And it was a really significant transition for all of us. My children were very young when we moved, so they essentially grew up overseas. They were unfamiliar with what it was like to be a typical American kid. And so we had some major changes uh, transitioning from military to civilian life. My husband is a periodontist by training, and he had purchased a dental practice. Yeah, so he was learning how to be a small business owner. And so I took some time off from my career as a therapist to help my family navigate that transition. I like to think of myself as the project manager for that move and everything that came after it. And I was about nine months into that when I started getting that itch to return to some sort of professional work. And yet I also knew that as much as I loved mental health, that was not where I was being called to serve in my next chapter. Okay. And it was actually because of my husband and watching him learn how to operate a business because that was a new skill for him. That was not something dental school or the Air Force necessarily prepared him for. 
And it's a very unique tension when you are a skilled professional, really an expert at your field, but you are brand new in a new thing, which for him was business. And so when you are extraordinary in one area and a novice in another, that can create a lot of inner turmoil. And I remember thinking, I really wish there was someone who could support him through this process, almost like a therapist, but for your business. And my research led me to coaching because that's exactly what coaches can do. And that's when I decided to really explore this, to complete a coach training program, to get credentialed, to serve my own audience, which at the time were uh, therapists and healthcare providers who wanted to build private practices. But the more I served them, the more they kept asking me, tell me about this coaching thing. How did you become a coach? And can you help me become a coach? And that's what led me to shift my orientation into training and education. And that's now what I do now. I, I help people become really powerful coaches and to build the business infrastructure to support them in their work. Nice, nice. And so is there a particular client that you pursue when it comes to individuals who want to transition into coaching? It's, I love that question because when I first started out, I think I defined my client mostly demographically. So age, gender, employment, status. The more I worked with people, though, the more I realized the importance of really understanding their psychographics. So those internal qualities that define a person, what their core values are, what motivates them, how they want to live their life, what really matters. And so I found that it was less about a person's age, gender, where they worked, what they wanted uh, to do for a living, and more about how they wanted to live their life, what gave them a sense of meaning and purpose. And so I find that those are my people, the people who are purpose-driven, who have a sense that they are here on this earth to serve. So service is very important to them and who find deep meaning and deep connection through building relationships with other people. Those are my people. That's my sweet spot. Yeah, it's always good to know who your people are, right? Because you want to make sure that you are targeting individuals who you most can provide value to. And so in looking at your media kit, there are, you know, some things that I, you know, really want to kind of hone in on when it comes to helping career professionals to, you know, transition into coaching. And so you talked about there are three M's of business success when it comes to to developing a coaching uh, business. So, so can you talk a little bit about your three M's? Yes, I developed the 3M framework, really inspired by the therapeutic approach I was trained in when I was a clinical social worker. So it's called Acceptance and Commitment Therapy, or ACT for short. Uh, that's also why the title of my book is called ACT on Your Business. I really want to acknowledge my sources. And what I found with ACT, as extraordinary an approach it is, like many psychological approaches, there was a lot of jargon, a lot of really unnecessarily long and complicated words and phrases. And so I wanted to make it more approachable for the entrepreneurial and small business community. And so the three M's is my take, my interpretation on some of the core principles of ACT. And so those three M's are meaning, mindset, and mindfulness. So meaning I alluded to before, this is where we're really talking about what matters most to us and then how we choose to take action in our lives that reflects our core values. Mindset, I define a little more broadly than I think most people typically do. I think when we hear mindset, we think thoughts and that's certainly a part of it. But I really 
consider it to be how we relate to our internal experiences. So certainly our thoughts, but also our emotions, our sensations, our feelings, our memories, the relationship we have with those and how that influences our behavior is really at the heart of mindset work. And then mindfulness, I know this is a term that has really gained popularity, I would say, in the last decade or two, and I'm grateful for that. Sometimes people hear mindfulness and they think, oh, meditation or, you know, sitting on a mountaintop and, and being Zen. Uh, and certainly if, if that's your jam, go for it. But mindfulness on an everyday level is simply being fully present in the now from a place of non-judgment, openness, curiosity and acceptance. And so when we are really able to anchor in to the here and now, to not get pulled into the past or catapulted into the future by our thoughts and emotions, those internal experiences. It allows us to really show up and connect deeply with the people in our lives, uh, the things we care about most, and with ourselves. Yeah, that's so good. You know, I like the idea of mindfulness uh, when it comes to to coaching. And I think that Sometimes we don't fully understand what it means to be mindful. One of the reasons why I really love personal branding is because it really forces you to really learn more about you. It really forces you to really hone in on the characteristics and the gifts and the talents of who you really are and how you show up in the world. And so how can mindfulness, just a little bit more deeper, really help an individual who who's thinking, you know, I have had this corporate career and I really have this interest of helping more people uh, in my life through this concept or the power of coaching? You know, how can mindfulness really help them uh, really begin that process of transitioning into being an entrepreneur or a business owner? I love that question. I really do, because I think at the heart, it's asking, how can I honor the space that I'm in now and everything that I bring with me, all of my talents and experiences and skills, but be in the present moment in order to let that serve my people and reflect how I want to show up in the world. So whenever we're doing any sort of personal reflection, when we are examining how, how can I bring this wealth of knowledge and experience? When we approach it from a place of mindfulness, we're not getting too caught up in what's going to happen, nor are we getting too sucked into the past. It really allows us to be in the now. That's important, I think, when we're developing our personal brand so that it's timely, it's relevant, it reflects who we are in our core. But even more so, when we are actually then coaching, when we're connecting with our clients, when we're serving our people, mindfulness allows us to be with that person or with that group of people in a very deep and connected way. Uh, and I sense that even now in this conversation that you and I are having, we are both practicing mindfulness right now because we are fully engaged. We are attuned to each other. We're tracking each other and following each other. Uh, we're having a dialogue that goes back and forth. And when we are mindful, we're able to do that, as opposed to if we are getting pulled away by our anxieties, our worries, our, our thoughts, if we're distracted by our phones or our tablets, uh, if our mind is elsewhere, uh, that can really interfere with creating that deep connection that we want to have with the people we care about. Uh, that's not to say that we are always 100% present. I mean, we are human and it's normal for our thoughts to carry us away. Mindfulness, though, allows us to be aware of when that is happening so that we can return 
to the present moment. So it's not so much about perfection. It's not asking you to be 100% fully present and engaged all the time, but it is asking us to be aware of when we get pulled off track so that we can make the intentional choice to return to the now. That's so good. That's so good. And so as we consider individuals who are wanting to transition, let's talk a little bit about some of those key things that individuals would need to do in order to start making the transition or start investigating what uh, steps they need to take in order to make that transition. So what are some of the steps that you encourage an individual to do prior to making that full leap? Oftentimes in business, we are encouraged to center our client, to really know who our audience is, what they need, what they want, uh, any what, what their pain points are, how we can support them. All of that is necessary and a part of the process. But the mistake I often see people make is that's where they begin. And I would actually encourage people to view that as more of the second stage in transitioning into coaching and building your business. The first stage needs to start with you. And when I coach my own clients through this, I have a framework I use uh, called the Coach with Clarity Compass. And the first direction on that compass is about your identity. So really getting clear on who you want to be as a coach, what values guide your practice, uh, and what strengths and skills and experiences do you bring to the table. And so this is not a time to be bashful. It's not a time to be modest. It is really a time to objectively analyze all of the strengths and talents you bring. And yes, of course, we all have areas where we can strengthen. We all have weaknesses. We want to be aware of those, of course. And those are things we may develop. But first, we want to really anchor into what makes me uniquely suited to be a coach? How can I express that through my core values? And once I'm really anchored into that, it's at that point that we move on to the next phase, which is, okay, I know who I am as a coach, who do I want to serve, and how do I want to serve them? I like identity. I not long ago interviewed Stedman Graham, who everybody knows as Oprah's boo, right? <laughs> but he wrote a book called Identity Leadership <laughs> and Understanding Your Identity. You know, that's why I like to use that phrase, how you show up in the world. Because your identity is very important. It is who you are. It is uh, the the makeup of all of who you are. And so identity is so key, really understanding and honing in on that before you move out. Because at the end of the day, I like to think that your identity will attract the individuals whom you are supposed to be helping. That is exactly right. Uh, I think the energy that we put out, what we exude, that has the ability to attract and repel. And that's what we want. We are not suited to serve everyone. And so, yeah, it's okay if there are people who don't get us, who don't like our vibe, who don't, you know, who just aren't on the same page. That's fine. There is a coach out there for them. It may not be you. But when we really show up as our full, honest selves, when we show up in integrity, we are going to attract the people who have I would say complementary values and experiences. They don't need to be identical. I don't need to work with little clones of myself. I really value actually the, the diversity of experience and thought that I have in my clients. And I also know that my best fit clients are ones where their beliefs and their values 
uh, augment or complement mine so that we can learn with and from each other. That's so, so. And so as I am making the transition, I'm honing in on my identity. What other steps do I need to consider prior to taking that big step of starting the business? Let's talk a little bit about who you want to serve. Let's go into that audience piece a little more deeply. Because what I have found is that the majority of coaches, not all coaches, but most coaches, serve someone who is a younger or earlier version of themselves. And so there's some real benefits there because we know how our past experiences, our training, our wisdom can directly inform and support this audience. The tricky part, though, is assuming that just because I experienced something Everyone else will have experienced that too. And so sometimes I see newer coaches make the mistake of assuming too much about their client. And so my suggestion then is have a hypothesis, have a theory that you want to test about what your audience needs and how you can serve them. But then let's test that hypothesis. And we can do that through interviewing people who hold the qualities and traits of our ideal client. We can do that by maybe having some test subjects where if we have a particular one-on-one -on -one offer or even a group program, maybe we're doing beta rounds of that first and really soliciting feedback from those people and doing so from a place of curiosity and openness. So there's that mindfulness piece again, right? Because curiosity and openness is a core part of being mindful. So when we can be receptive to the guidance and feedback from others, uh, and we can approach it not from a place of defensiveness, but really being curious and open to it, then that's going to strengthen our business. It's going to strengthen our offer. It's also going to help us make sure that as we're talking about what we do, we are doing so in a way that really connects with our audience. We're using their language. We're illustrating examples through their experiences. And so that, again, promotes connection, and it helps ensure that we're serving the right people and providing what they're looking for. Connection is key. You want to be able to connect with your ideal avatar, customer, client in order to be able to help them. So you want to make sure that that connection is key. So we have identity. We have, you know, honing in on your avatar or your, your potential client so that you can best provide value. I know you have one more that you could share. What, what other things should we be considering uh, before stepping out there and starting that business? I would say the other thing we want to think about is our own approach to the craft of coaching. So how do we want to coach? And the beautiful thing about coaching is it can be a really eclectic approach. We can draw inspiration from all sorts of sources. Uh, I think it's important that we credit our sources, of course, but I, what I see a lot of new coaches do is they feel like they have to come up with something completely new completely original. It's never been done before, never been talked about before. That's a lot of pressure, isn't it? And I would, yeah, and so I would suggest what if, what if we assume that there, there is nothing new? It's all been done before. Our challenge, though, is to come up with our own spin, our own way of describing it, our own metaphor, uh, and allow that, allow our take on an existing idea to guide our approach. Admittedly, that's exactly what I did with the three M's. The three M's at its core, they're not my invention. They've been around actually for millennia. Mindfulness, mindset work, meaning. This is something that has been a part of the human experience for hundreds of thousands of years. But the three M's, that's uniquely my take on it. And I'm able to weave that into my coaching 
and my instruction. So that's what I would encourage people to think about when it comes to how they want to approach coaching. Really let yourself off the hook. You don't need to invent something completely new, but you do need to infuse it with your energy, your spirit, your metaphors, your experiences. That is what's going to set you apart. And that's also what's going to connect you to the people who most need to hear your message. Yeah, that's so good because everyone needs to have, well, everyone does have their unique process. You want to develop your unique process to what I like to call either your signature talk or your signature offer or your signature program. What is your signature process to your business? So I have the identity. I've identified my avatar. I'm understanding what my process is. I'm ready to get started. But, you know, how do I grow my influence so that people know that I'm coaching and I'm ready to have some clients. So what are some things that I could be doing to now try to build out this business? That's the right next question. If you're clear on identity, audience approach, and of course offer, if we know what it is you're offering, now it's time to focus on marketing and eventually sales. And I like to view marketing as simply the act of establishing relationships. We're talking about who we are and what we do in a way that piques people's interest and has them self-identify to say, oh, you're talking about me. I want to learn more. That's all marketing is. It's, it's fostering new relationships. It's nurturing existing relationships. And it's helping people see the specific ways you can support them so that once they see that connection and once they have trust in you, then they're going to want to learn more. That's when we move into the sales process. But first, we need to connect with them. And so how do we do that? If we're first starting out, I actually think, yes, we, we can set up our websites. We can set up our social media platforms. We can do all the things to enhance our visibility. But I have found, especially when we're first starting out, the easiest step is to get yourself in front of other people's audiences. So that can be like we're doing right now. It could be podcast interviews. It can be uh, maybe guest blog posts on someone else's site. Uh, it can be video interviews, you name it. Um, it can also be as simple as sending an email to your friends and family saying, I'm doing this. Who do you know that would be a good fit? Because your friends and family have connections as well. So that's what I would do. I would really focus on how I could show up and share my message to people who maybe they would be good fit clients, but maybe they would be even better referral sources who could connect you with people that would really be powerfully served by your coaching practice. So that would be my first step is looking at different audiences and trying to find ways that you can put yourself in front of them to make those connections, to foster those relationships, and most importantly, to show up and serve. Using your network, and I know sometimes we have problems or some individuals can have challenges reaching out to family, friends when it comes to, you know, their business and have some hesitation. Do you have some tips on, you know, how do we get past that limiting belief around family and friends being a part or being clients within our business? I want to first acknowledge that having that concern or even that fear is totally normal. It really is. And when we look at that second M of mindset and we look at the reasons why we have those limiting beliefs, why we have those thoughts and emotions, it really is to protect us 
you know, as human beings, we have survived for as long as we have because we are social creatures. We understand the value of being part of a group and we don't want to be ostracized or shunned uh, because when we are, when we're on our own, that threatens our survival. That's how it's been for thousands of years. And our brains haven't quite caught up to the fact that society's changed a little bit. And so the threat of someone holding a judgment about us is not the same as the threat of like being attacked by a saber-toothed tiger. But our brain doesn't know that. It interprets it the same way. So if the thought of putting yourself out there, whether to friends and family, people you know, or to complete strangers, makes you feel fearful, that's by design. There's nothing wrong with you. And when you know that, then we can bring mindfulness in and we can connect it to meaning to our core values and say, all right, I'm having this fear. It's normal. I understand it. To what extent do I want this fear to influence my decision? Do I want to lead with the fear? Because admittedly, sometimes that fear is protective and it can serve us. But more often than not, it's actually distracting us. So then we need to reconnect with our core values and ask ourselves, what does it look like to show up in this situation, leading from my values, leading with integrity, leading with service, leading with independence, whatever your core value is, fill in the blank with that. That can help us recenter. And then it can also minimize the intensity of that fear of being judged. So we know that we're putting ourselves out there in service of our core values, regardless of the outcome, regardless of whether it works beautifully or whether we get crickets or if someone has something to say about it. At the end of the day, we can rest our head on the pillow knowing that we've acted in integrity with our core values. And that goes a long way towards quieting those voices of, of fear, of uncertainty, uh, because we know that we're showing up uh, with honor. Right. That's so good. Now, you brought it up. And so I'm going to have a question around it. Why is it so important to have core values within your business? Yes. For me, core values, those are my compass. It's my lighthouse. It's what gives me direction. And I have found in my own business, I've, I've, you know, I was a therapist for 15 years. I've been a coach for about seven years after that. The times where I am feeling burned out, disengaged, uncertain, because we all go through those periods. I want to normalize that too. When I'm experiencing that, it's often a sign that I am acting out of alignment with my own values that I've allowed something else to come in and take precedence. It happens to all of us. So again, if you're finding yourself in that position, you're not alone. And it's simply an invitation to recenter and reconnect and remind yourself, why am I doing this work? Why is this so important to me? When we reconnect with our values, often it can re-inspire us, it can re-engage us, and it helps us get back on track so that the decisions we make in our business, the actions we take, they, at the end of the day, they feel good. And so when we know what our core values are, we can then base our decisions and our actions in them. Whereas if we're just kind of going through life, not really clear on what's important to us, what matters, uh, our decisions are going to feel equally as random. Wow, this time goes by so fast. I do have one last question as it pertains to you know, really developing and transitioning into a coaching business and being successful at it. And that is, you know, why is it important to lean on your experiences and your current knowledge base in order to create your uh, coaching business and being able to, you know, maneuver your area of expertise? I believe each person has something to offer the world. 
and our experiences and our training is part of that, so too are our innate inherent talents and strengths in our intuition. When we merge those, when we merge our external knowledge that we've gained from our experiences with our internal knowing that wisdom we're born with, that's our sweet spot. So we need to be fully aware of both. And we need to understand the ways that our experiences have shaped who we've become today and how they can help us serve those who may be a few steps behind us on the path. Uh, and so I would say, and, and this is really a belief that I hold, even when things happen that are disappointing uh, or that really make me wonder why, why is this happening? Um, I try to remind myself that my experiences are happening for me, not to me, even though it probably feels like they're happening to me in the moment. With some time and with some reflection, I'm usually able to glean some wisdom, some life lessons from them. It supports me and my own development, and then it allows me to take those golden nuggets and share them with my people. Because I believe that even if I go through something difficult, if I can allow that to become a story that I share with others to support them, then it will have been worth it. So when we marry our experience with our wisdom, and when we're willing to be vulnerable, to share our stories and our experiences, the good, the bad, and the ugly, that can be such a gift that we offer our people and it's a way that we can live out that value of service. Living out the value of service. Well, Lee, I'm so grateful that you decided to take some time out to share with us today. Let the, our listeners know, you know, how can they learn more about your business, more about you? And, you know, where can we find you online? Marquise, I have loved our conversation today. Thank you so much for having me. I would love to continue the conversation with your listeners as well. So the best way to find me is over on my website, coachwithclarity.com. That's where you can learn more about the Coach with Clarity podcast and my various offers. Uh, you can also learn more about my book, Act on Your Business, by going to uh, coachwithclarity.com slash act. And if you'd like a free chapter that dives into those three M's we talked about today, you can download it there. So coachwithclarity.com slash act. Or if you're a social media person, I'm at coachwithclarity on just about all the platforms so we can connect there as well. I love that name, Coach With Clarity. Great name. Thank well, you. once again, thank you for joining me for the Maximizing Brand Podcast as we talked about today you know, how career professionals can transition into coaching. Quick question for you. Are you a subscriber of the Maximize Your Brand podcast? If you are not a subscriber, I invite you to go to your favorite podcast app and subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, whichever podcast app you prefer. And all you have to do is search for Maximize Your Brand with Markeith Braden. I also have a free gift for those of you who are interested and you're ready to transition into coaching. Guess what you need? You need to know how to develop that personal brand. And so I have seven stages to shift your brand checklist. All you have to do is text MAXIMIZE to one 640 Once again, text the word MAXIMIZE to one 640 I'm always excited that you join us each and every week for the Maximize Your Brand podcast. And this week, I'm just as excited. So thank you for joining me. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you got some great value out of today's conversation with me. And until next time, just remember this, always shoot for the top because it's the bottom 
that's overcrowded. Take care.